North Shore Church audio podcast. To find out more information about North Shore Church, please visit us at mynsag.com. We hope you enjoy today's message. So good, so good. Merry Christmas. Um, We're so glad that you're here with us today. Thank you for being here. Um, here at North Shore to celebrate candles, carols, and communion, celebrate Jesus, and just be together as a church family. We are so glad to have the kids in service with us. We don't do this a lot, but we are so excited when this happens. And so we know that there's going to be um, probably a few more whispers and stuff going on, and, and we're okay with that because we know that God has a divine plan for the kids as well. Yeah, and that God speaks to the kids and God um, uh, saves kids and uses kids. I wanted to, I just had a a conversation uh, in between services today. Uh, A guy coming to our church, he said, uh, he was telling me about when he got saved at four years old and how he responded down to the altars at four years old. And uh, it was actually at one of my grandpa's services. And the entire church stayed and waited until he was done praying as a four-year-old to give his heart to the Lord. Been serving Jesus ever since. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for who he is. But... But he said one of the things that he'll never forget was that the entire church stayed and waited until he was done praying. And, and it is so, so cool to know that we have had churches that have made a big deal out of kids, have honored kids, and I love that we are at a church that makes a big deal out of kids and honors kids as well. I think it makes Jesus happy. I don't think there's any other more effective way to advance the kingdom than to make a big deal out of kids. And so, man, that warmed my heart. That was a great, great story, great reminder uh, this morning. So what we're going to do right now is uh, continue a tradition that we started years and years ago. Pastor Tony before me, he started this, and it's just something we love to do. And so we're going to continue to do it. Um, I'm going to read a Christmas story here, but uh, I'm going to ask all of the kids to come up and join me up on these steps and the stage up here. And so... uh, If nursery-age kids want to come and mom and dad want to come up here, if I could have a couple of my ushers come too um, and help stand kind of in between the kids and the candles, that's going to be great. Um, So North Shore kids, tiny travelers, um, come on up and find a seat on the the stairs here. You can gather in as close as you want. You can either sit on the stairs or or up here close. Uh, You got some sneaking up behind. This is awesome. Awesome. Somebody's getting a little too close, invading my bubble back here. (laughs) Awesome. This is good, good stuff. They're still coming. They are still coming. Isn't this good? Isn't this good? Come on. All right. All right. Well, um... One of the things that one of the things that we do in our uh, tiny travelers, our this is our preschool age group. Uh, every every week they're learning memory verses and stuff like that. And moms and dads, if you go to lunch after a regular service and uh, and ask your kids like, hey, what'd you learn? Your tiny traveler, your preschool age kids, they'll probably be able to tell you their memory verse. They they do this every week, and it's just so good. Um, our Department head, our tiny traveler department head is Alicia Mick, and she does a fantastic job with all of these. And um, actually, I, I just wanted to show you real quick kind of what they do with their memory verse. They, they watch a video, and Guy, the Bible guy, helps them 
learn the memory verse. I have a video here. I'd like to show you guys this real quick. You can get a glimpse of what it looks like in Tiny Travelers every week. It's up here. Go ahead and play that. Jesus was the first Christmas gift. That reminds me of a Bible verse. Friends, wiggle your ears if you're ready to learn the verse with me. I'm wiggling my ears. Looks like you're ready. John 3.16. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. Wah, wah. Uh, that's pretty good. How many of you up here, how many of you kids up here are tiny travelers? Raise your hand if you go to tiny travelers, if you're a preschool. Raise them big. Raise them big. Raise your hands if you, if you are a tiny traveler. Raise them big. Hey, do you guys want to, uh, do you tiny travelers want to stand up real quick and do this memory verse with us? Why don't we do this? All of our tiny travelers, stand up. If you are in tiny travelers, you guys know these memory verses, so stand up. Okay, this is what we're going to do. All of our tiny travelers, are you standing? Stand up, stand up, stand up. Okay, guys, look at, look at Miss Melissa and Miss Kim up here. They're going to help you with your memory verse, and I want you to say it really, really loud so those people all the way in the back can hear it, okay? So let's do it together. Oh, come on, let's give him some love. That's so, so good. Ask them, they'll tell you. They'll probably, they'll probably put on a little show for you every Sunday. Uh, it's a little scary up here with the bright lights. But let's do this. Um, I'm going to read you guys a Christmas story. We've never read this one before. It's called Humphrey's First Christmas. Humphrey's First Christmas. And so I'm going to read you the story. If you can't see the pictures on the book and you want to see the pictures that go with it, they're going to be up there on the screen so you can look at those pictures on the screen as well when I read this book. It's called Humphrey's First Christmas. It says this, Behold, most beauteous and exalted king of all should be my name. Instead, they call me Humphrey. Everybody say Humphrey. Humphrey. This I could bear if the worst thing of all had not happened. My dearest possession, my glorious carpet blanket has been lost along the trail. Now I am never warm and I suffer terribly. That's why I have to set into motion a plan to replace my greatest treasure. I carefully nudge my nose inside the caravan master's tent. This is followed closely by the chattering of my teeth thereby letting the master know that I am most enormously cold. Success! He has not pushed me out. I remain hopeful that a new blanket will soon be mine. Three rich caravans have joined us, and there has been talk of kings. Yet these kings bring me no joy, for they have, tried, for they have tied three huge chests to my bare back. They are so heavy, and I'm sure each must be filled with rocks." The other camels are wearing the finest of blankets. They're all comfortable and warm. Not one of them thinks about me, their cousin, in pain and misery because of the loss of my most precious carpet blanket. I cry out in sorrow. I weep. Today, I continue my plan to regain my treasured blanket. 
I add loud sniffling to the chattering of teeth and squeeze my entire body inside my master's tent. As I do so, out rolls my master, for the tent is exactly camel-sized. It is as I planned. As the master chases me away, he tosses me a new blanket. I have success. Once more, I am covered with splendor and comfort. I am filled with delight. If it were not for the heavy chests I am forced to carry, I would be almost happy. We have followed one star for many long nights. Now our caravan enters the town of Bethlehem. Its streets and inns are crowded with travelers. My master gives no thought to my tired feet and rumbling belly. I am forced to move on. At last, we reach the end of our journey, but I'm confused. There's no great palace, no rich oasis, no palms heavy with fruit. I see only a lowly stable with a family inside. The three kings rejoice and rush forward to bow before the young woman who cradles a baby. Finally, the chests are taken from my back and placed before this tiny child. As each box is opened, I see no stones, only gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In this land, I have walked past many children, but never before have I felt the need to walk toward one. Now I kneel before this baby shivering in a manger. Watching him gladdens me more than sweet water, fresh hay, or even my wondrous new blanket. I look into the baby's eyes and I am overwhelmed by love. I pull the treasure from my back and lay my gift carefully upon this child. He smiles and my nose and whiskers tingle with joy. I am happy to my toes and even without my blanket, I feel warm. Beloved, most beauteous and exalted king of all should be his name. Instead, they call him Jesus. Now, all you guys know the story of Jesus coming on that first Christmas and lying in the manger, and it's why we're here today, and it's why we celebrate Christmas. And so I thought maybe it would be fun if we could all just real quick sing Away in a Manger. Would you guys, would you kids up here do that with us? You all know the song Away in a Manger? Let me see your hands if you know the song Away in a Manger. Okay, let's sing out really, really loud. And moms and dads, you guys are welcome to join us as well as we sing this together. Miss Deb, go ahead and lead us in Away in a Manger. Yeah, let's give him some love here. 
Well, all you kids, I want you to know that Jesus loves you so, so, so much. I want to pray for you. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? Dear Jesus, we love you and we thank you for coming. We thank you for loving these kids and loving their moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles, cousins and friends. Jesus, we thank you for being the very special gift. We thank you for loving us and growing into a, a, a perfect human being and, and dying a sacrificial death for us. And so I pray for these kids that this would be a blessed year, that this would be a blessed season. Jesus, I pray that you would go before them in 2018, that you would surround them with your glory, that your joy would fill them up. Lord, I pray that there would never be a season in these kids' life where they are in rebellion to you. We fully reject this notion, Lord, that everybody has to go through it. We don't believe that for our kids, God. We pray that they will have relationships starting very, very young and keep it until they are very, very old. Lord Jesus, bless these kids, bless these families, bless us this Christmas. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise, can we? All right, you guys can go sit down. Thank you for being up here with us.
Hallelujah is a Hebrew word, and it, it means praise the Lord. It, um, it, it kind of has its origins in uh, the, the name Yahweh, and um, they, uh, when they were writing, the scribes, when they were writing, they felt like the name Yahweh was too holy to, to even write, and so they would only write out the consonants, but, uh, but hallelujah was, was praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Boy, we have reason to praise this morning. I want to read to you Psalm chapter 148, and it is a chapter written by King David here, and I just want you to hear the theme that is repeated over and over and over again in this Psalm 148. You can follow along on the screen. The words will be up there. It says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created and he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all depths. Fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of all the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There is a divine hallelujah that we celebrate here this morning. A divine praise the Lord when Jesus came as a human being to live in our world amongst our mess so that he can show us the way to reconcile relationship back to the Almighty. When he died on the cross, it was a divine hallelujah. It was a divine praise the Lord because he opened up access for us to have relationship with him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Like I said, King David wrote this Psalm chapter 148, and this is often referred to as one of the hallelujah chapters, the hallelujah chapters where there is just this extravagant and excessive theme of praise the Lord. It's over the top, praise the Lord. It's excessive, praise the Lord. It keeps going on and on and on, praise the Lord. 
Now, uh, later today, or maybe even tomorrow, or maybe it's already happened, some of you have your Christmas traditions, and and uh, you gather the family together, and, and maybe before you open presents, you read the Christmas story, or you read the Christmas story, then uh, pray together, and usually kids kind of demand, they require that that prayer be really, really short because we got things to get to. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, if it's grandpa or dad that's going to be praying, they're like, hey, let's, let's wrap this up. Don't be long-winded. You can be long-winded some other time, but not today because these presents are in front of me and they've been sitting under that tree for two weeks and I'm ready to rip them open. So they kind of require you to pray fast. But sometimes when kids are getting ready for bed and they're looking for ways to not go to bed, those prayers can get really, really long. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Right? If you ever have your kid pray at night, your, your preschooler, your kindergarten or first grader, have them pray. If you've never asked them to pray for you at night, you should do that. I think your heart would really, really be blessed at, at what uh, the Holy Spirit speaks through them, even into your life. But, but sometimes they just want to use a prayer as a means to extend awake time and not go to bed. Um, it's, it's funny. Uh, sometimes they'll start doing this and they'll start praying things like this. They'll say, thank you, Jesus, for my toys. Thank you for my truck, my basketball, and my Play-Doh. And thank you for the Batman that my grandpa got me with the cape and the car. Not that grandpa has a cape in the car. The Batman has a cape in the car. So Jesus, thank you that my grandpa gave me the Batman with the cape in the car. And thank you for my pajamas and my shirts and my socks and my shoes and my underwear that have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on them. And thank you for Donatello and Leonardo and Michelangelo and Raphael. Even though he's mean, still thank you for him, but not Shredder because he wants to kill the turtles. How many of you have ever had prayers like this go on and on and on at your house? You know what I'm talking about. They just extend it forever. And then they'll transition. They'll like go to the next chapter of their prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for my friends, Tommy and Becky and Jimmy and Frank and Chad and Caleb. And thank you for candy. And thank you for my bed and my pictures and my dresser. And then you're just like, okay, let's wrap this prayer up. Because you're not even praying anymore. You're just naming things that you can see in your room. Like, you're not praying. Let's, let's, let's kind of wrap this up. And they'll say, I'm not done. I'm almost done. And you're like, okay. You know, and, and it gets really weird as a parent to like tell your kid, stop talking to Jesus and go to sleep. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it also seems like the more irritated you get as a parent, the more spiritually deep your child goes in their prayer. You found that? Like, okay, that's enough. You're just naming things in the room. Let's wrap this up. And they're like, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Didn't they get real spiritual? Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. And then you feel like a jerk as a parent, don't you? <laughs> thank you for dying on the cross for me. And thank you for helping me make good decisions. And Jesus, thank you for loving me even when I don't make good decisions. And you're like, okay, this, I'm a great parent because look at this shot. <laughs> you know? And like 30 minutes later, they finally say amen, and then they need a drink, and they need to go to the bathroom again. The whole routine starts again. But, but that is exactly the feeling that I get from King David when I, read, when I read Psalm 148. It's over the top. 
It's excessive, even at times a little strange. It, it seems like David is praising the Lord and he's saying everything praises the Lord and he's standing in the field and he's just spinning around and he's saying the mountains, the hills, the sun, the stars, and he's just naming things that praise the Lord. And it's very, very excessive in this divine hallelujah chorus that he declares to God. He praises the Lord. Look at this again. Think of this. He says, all things praise the Lord. He says, the angels and the heavenly hosts, they praise the Lord. And the sun and the moon and the stars and the sky, they praise the Lord. And the waters praise the Lord. And the cute little fishes that swim up near the shore, they praise the Lord. And the really ugly, scary-looking sea creatures that live in the depths of the ocean, they praise the Lord. Everything praises the Lord. And let the fire, he says, praise the Lord. And let the hail praise the Lord. And the snow praise the Lord. How many of you were up last night watching the snowfall? Yeah? Wasn't that hallelujah snow last night? That was just like the, the picture of perfection. I mean, it was, just, it was just beautiful, just snow in the air. And, and nobody had walked on the snow anywhere. Just looking outside, it was just like this... Ah, this like spiritual deep breath. It was almost as if like nature decided, you know what? It's Christmas. And I know people are hoping for a white Christmas and stuff, but we're not so worried about white Christmas. We as nature are going to sing a divine hallelujah to the Lord. And as you look out the, the windows last night and you see like the stars reflecting, and stuff, you just couldn't help feeling the anointing of the Lord. Amen? You know what I'm talking about, right? Let everything praise the Lord, David says. The, the, the fire, the hail, the snow, the wind, the rain, all of them praise the Lord. He says, let the mountains praise the Lord and the hills praise the Lord and the fruit trees. Let the fruit trees praise the Lord. You notice he doesn't say anything about vegetables praising the Lord. So it's biblical, okay? It's biblical to not eat your vegetables. He says, and the trees and the wild animals and the, and the livestock and the bugs and the birds, let them all praise the Lord. And he's just, he's just pointing at things. He's being excessive with it. Then he says, let the kings praise the Lord and the princes and the princesses and the rulers and the beggars and the old and the young and the rich and the poor and the men and the women. Let all things praise the Lord because God is worthy to be praised. Let all creation declare a divine hallelujah. I don't know what was happening in David's life right now. I don't know if he was like on some prayer retreat and he had some moment, but he is really beginning to scratch the surface of the praise that God is worthy of and the praise that Jesus is worthy of. Jesus is worthy to be praised. Jesus is worthy of your praise and our praise. He is worthy to be praised. You know, there was a time in the Bible that some of the Pharisees were upset with Jesus because so many people were making such a big deal about him. Um, Jesus comes into Jerusalem and everybody is like waving palm branches and excited to see him and singing praises to him. And some of the Pharisees come up to Jesus and say, Jesus, you need to tell these people to leave and knock it off and quit singing your praises. And Jesus says to those Pharisees, I tell you what, I tell you the truth. If these people were silent, if these people stopped praising me, then the stones would cry out and start praising me. Jesus is saying that he, as God, is so worthy to be praised, that if people aren't going to declare his praise with his voice, then creation will literally begin to sing out his praise. That's awesome. I think that 
what we should do is, is what, we should take a minute and read the Christmas story one more time. And I want to show you, and I want you to be thinking about how worthy Jesus is to be praised. And I know that you've probably read this a couple times over the last couple of weeks. We've even preached a lot of this this last month. But, but let's just, with this attitude of praise back to God and praise to Jesus, let's read this Christmas story one more time. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1, says this. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinus was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And then Humphrey came and gave him the blanket. We all heard that story earlier. And in the same region, there was shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David uh, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, and suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And so I want you to think again about the divine hallelujah chorus that is happening all throughout this story. The divine hallelujah chorus that happens all throughout scripture, but specifically in this story. Let's look at all the different ways that God was praised. The angel praised God. Then the heavenly hosts came in and sang praises to God. The shepherds heard the message and they praised God. Mary and Joseph praised God. And then Matthew, the book of Matthew tells us that a star appeared in the the sky over the town of Bethlehem, that that star wasn't there the night before, but that on the birth of Jesus, that star shows up, and so all of nature, nature, like the cosmos, are praising God. And then there's three wise men from the east, and they're studying the stars, and they look, and they see this star that they've never seen before, and so they begin to follow this star, and and every night when this star appears, they praise the Lord as they continue to follow this star because they're looking for the Messiah, and they show up in the town of Bethlehem, and they bring their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to praise the Lord. There is this divine collective hallelujah. And we get a chance to respond and praise the Lord like the shepherds and the wise men and the stars and the angels. And we get to praise the Lord not just for his birth, not just that Jesus came. We praise the Lord that he came, but we also get to praise the Lord because Jesus lived a perfect life and he died for us. He's worthy to be praised. My favorite line from that song that was sung just a few moments ago was, my sins they drove the nails in you. 
That rugged cross is my cross too. And every drop of blood sings hallelujah. You think about this. That manger that Jesus laid in that first night was a divine hallelujah to God. Those shepherds that came and knelt at that manger was a divine hallelujah to God. Jesus' perfect life was a divine hallelujah. But think about this. The crown of thorns that Jesus wore on his head was a divine hallelujah. The, the whips that came across Jesus' back 39 times was a divine hallelujah. The nails that were punctured through his hands and feet to hold him on that cross was a divine hallelujah. That was all a praise to the Lord because it was all a part of Jesus' purpose and all a part of our redemption plan. And so we celebrate the birth of Jesus because the death of Jesus rescued us, because it redeemed us, because he restored us, because he set us free. We celebrate this birth because it was the birth of a savior, the birth of a champion and a king. We celebrate this birth because Jesus left the comforts of heaven to come and rescue us from death. He endured the cross so we wouldn't have to. And because of it, because of Jesus' birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection, because of that, there will never be a moment where the rocks are required to cry out because we as believers are going to be excessive in our celebration of Jesus. We're going to be excessive in our praise to Jesus. We're going to be excessive in a lifestyle of divine hallelujah over and over and over again. And as long as we as a church exist, as long as we as believers have breath inside of us, there will be no rocks crying out because we will never stop singing Jesus's praise. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to connect with us or if you want more information about North Shore Church, please visit mynsag.com.